First of all, Chapel Hill police are searching for a missing woman, 47-year-old Joyce Powell, last seen around 11 p.m. Wednesday night in the area of Legion Road and Forsyth Drive. Police say she's not believed to be in danger, but they want to hear from you if you know her whereabouts. Last seen wearing medical scrubs, likely driving a blue Subaru Forest with a Purdue University sticker on the back window. There's a photo of her on our website, chapelboro.com. Durham Public Schools are closed for students today, meanwhile, as walkouts continue amidst the ongoing dispute over salaries for teachers and staff. It's a teacher work day, and sports and after-school activities will continue as normal. NNO reports the school board met last night and agreed to continue paying everyone the raises they were promised at least through February. Superintendent Pascal Mabenga resigned this week in the wake of the controversy. WRAL reports his severance package includes a payout of about $297,000. The district has hired Caddy Moore to serve as interim superintendent. She formerly served as superintendent at Wake County Schools. On campus, UNC has announced the name of this year's spring commencement speaker, astronaut Zena Cardman, a double graduate who got her bachelor's from Carolina in 2010 and a master's in 2014. If that name sounds familiar, it's because she was just in the news. Only last week, she was chosen by NASA for a mission to the International Space Station later this summer. UNC's graduation schedule is a little different this year. Spring commencement is traditionally on Mother's Day, but this year it's the Saturday before Mother's Day, May 11th at 7 p.m. Turning to elections, the 2024 election cycle officially gets underway next week with the start of early voting in this year's primary. Reminder that today is the deadline to register to vote if you want to vote on primary election day itself, March 5th. Though, of course, you can also register and vote on the same day during the early voting period, which begins this coming Thursday. That primary isn't the only election being watched in Chapel Hill, though. At UNC, students are also getting set to cast their votes for student body president. Daily Tarheel weighed in on that race yesterday. Yesterday, endorsing Julia Taylor over Laura Ferrero, but the DTH editorial board offered praise for both of the candidates. Well, this Saturday, tomorrow, marks the nine-year anniversary of a terrible day in Chapel Hill when three college students were murdered at Finley Forest. Dia Barakat, Yusser Abu Salah, and Razan Abu Salah were killed by a neighbor, ostensibly in a dispute over parking, though their families have maintained it was a hate crime against Muslims, and a new documentary agrees. With more on that documentary, here's 97 on the Hills, Brighton McConnell. Tarek al-Baba grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, before moving out to California for his career in filmmaking and television. He was out on the West Coast in February 2015 when he heard about the shooting of Dia Barakat, Yusser Abu Salah, and Razan Abu Salah in Chapel Hill. He said he remembers the news, quote, spread like wildfire through group chats, phone calls, and conversations with friends and family in the tight-knit Muslim-American community. It's all about relatability and understanding as folks from immigrant communities and still clinging on to your faith and your identity and your culture. So when something like this happens, you're immediately going to feel for the family members. You're immediately going to, frankly, be be frightened about your own safety. A few years later, Al-Baba ran into a cousin who had been close to Barakat. The family member pushed Al-Baba to think about pursuing the trio's murder as a project, And after searching for interviews, reviewing evidence, and reenacting scenes, it turned into an eight-year endeavor. The project's title is 36 Seconds, A Portrait of a Hate Crime, a reference to the amount of time it took Craig Hicks to fatally shoot all three victims. 
In its initial release about the shooting in 2015, the Chapel Hill Police Department said the murders happened over a parking dispute. With evidence in court showing the trio of college students all being parked in correct spaces, and Hicks's history of threatening more minorities than white neighbors in the apartment complex, the victims' families and filmmaker argue Hicks targeted the trio because of their religion. What they realized and what we all realized after digging into the research is that the current hate crime laws are outdated. Al-Baba said North Carolina's laws fall short in updating how to categorize and define such acts, with the current statute for hate crimes largely referring to acts from the Jim Crow and civil rights era. In the era of social media, clues can be pulled from more sources to establish how suspects feel about communities, something often pointed to in Hicks's case where he made social media posts railing against all religion. Here is Al-Baba. There is implicit bias. And so there's a huge gap in how the laws are written currently and what we're actually seeing on the ground. That was a huge systemic issue that they were introduced to. And it's, it's very complex. It's still complex. The filmmaker also points to biased coverage and roadblocks in the media calling out discrimination as hindering the greater public from reckoning with Hicks's crime. The murders happened at a time when Donald Trump was first running for the U.S. presidency, and Al-Baba pointed to the lack of addressing Islamophobia while covering Trump's platform and policy goals. Over the years, from speaking with family members and filming parts of Hicks's arraignment and sentencing for the film, the director got a close view of a family grappling with grief while stepping into activist roles. Now, with religious tensions peaking once again over the months-long war in Gaza, Al-Baba said the themes in the film have become even more prescient. These issues have not gone away. In fact, it's getting worse. And we're seeing upticks in, in hate. We're seeing another tumultuous election cycle in 2024. And you're going to see a lot of these Islamophobic and anti-Muslim tropes being surfaced again to rally up bases. And, you know, it's unfair to these family members in a way where they have to relive the trauma. After premiering at the Doc NYC Festival in New York last year, 36 Seconds is now doing a tour of impact screenings with stops in North Carolina. Triangle residents can catch a screening at the Carolina Theater in Durham Monday night, while the film will also screen in Cary on Tuesday and Raleigh on February 19th. Al-Baba said between the anniversary of Barakat and the Abu Salah's murders and the pain the Muslim community is currently processing, he believes his documentary's themes are critical to engage with. Frankly, I can't imagine a more timely and relevant film. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. And finally, every weeknight at 6 p.m., 97.9 The Hill hosts live and local, an hour of local music from artists in the Triangle. In fact, almost exclusively artists based just in Orange and Durham counties. The Chapel Hill scene famously had a heyday in the 90s with bands like Ben Folds 5 and the Squirrel Nut Zippers, but the scene today is as vibrant as ever with an explosion of local artists just in the last few years. Speaking at our forum on the Hill last week, musician Keenan Jenkins of XOXOK talked about why Chapel Hill kept him around after he graduated U.S. You know, I had freedom. I could have gone anywhere. And I looked around and I had just started doing music here. And I realized that there was nowhere that I would rather be than here. The music 
scene is so robust. And what I didn't realize at the time, but I realized looking back, it's not only the musicians themselves, but the infrastructure that we have here. Mm. So not just that there are a bunch of cool bands, which there are, but there are record labels and music schools and great studios and all of that stuff to support musicians in their growth and their journey. And so that is the kind of thing that that keeps me here. Even now when both my wife and I have remote jobs and we can live anywhere, but we choose here and I choose here specifically because of that. That's Keenan Jenkins there. You can listen back to the entire panel at chapelboro.com slash forum on the hill and visit Chapelboro for more local news as well, including a full recap of Tuesday night's Carborough Town Council decision to rename Carr Street after civil rights advocate Braxton Fushi. Time is 6.20. Sports for you now brought to you by Rosewood Wealth Management. First of all, a huge honor for Tar Heel legend Julius Peppers. He just got named yesterday as an inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Peppers was an All-American at UNC. He won the Bednarik Award in 2001 as the best defensive player in the nation. Drafted second overall by the Panthers in 2002 and went on to a 16-year NFL career. Made the Pro Bowl nine times and he ranks fourth all-time in career sacks and second all-time in four fumbles. He becomes just the third Tar Heel to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, joining Lawrence Taylor and Chris Hanberger. The induction ceremony is set for August 3rd. Tar Heel men's tennis team got a win last night, blanking Elon 7-0. Heels are back on the court Sunday, hosting Georgia at 1 p.m., all part of a very busy weekend for Carolina sports. Just today, the top-ranked women's tennis team faces Southern Cal in the ITA National Indoor Championships in Seattle, round one action there. UNC softball opens its season with a pair of games in South Carolina, facing NCA&T in Winthrop. Tar Heel wrestling team hosts 19th-ranked Pitt tonight at 7 in Carmichael Arena. UNC men's golf can continues a three-day tournament in Hawaii. They set a school record, shooting 26 under par in round one. The Tar Heel swimming and diving team opens up competition at the Cavalier Invitational in Virginia, and the Carolina track and field team is up north for a pair of crosstown events, one hosted by Boston University and the other by Boston College. All of that is just today, and then Tar Heel lacrosse season gets underway tomorrow with the third-ranked women on the road at James Madison and the men on the road at Mercer. And on Sunday, the UNC gymnastics team is back in action facing NC State in Raleigh. And, of course, UNC basketball still has the spotlight. The men and women both looking to bounce back from recent defeats. Third-ranked men coming off an upset loss to Clemson. Tomorrow, they're in Florida taking on Miami. Carolina still has a one-game lead on Virginia in the ACC standings. Miami is right in the middle of the pack at 6-6 six and six in conference play, coming off a rough loss to, the ca- to those Cavaliers where they put up just 38 points. Tip-off time is 4 p.m. We've got the game for you on 97.9 The Kill starting at 2.30 with countdown to tip-off. Tar Heel women also have a big game this weekend. They're looking to snap a three-game losing streak. This Sunday, they're up in Durham taking on Duke. UNC has struggled on offense in the last three games, an issue head coach Courtney Banghart addressed with Matt Krause in her weekly radio show. We have to be able to play in, in our transition look when we get some 1v1 against a retreating defense. Um, we're settling. We're not using our change of pace or playing off two or kind of having any sort of nuance at the rim. So we're getting contested uh, with straight hands. You know, our post players, uh, Maria in particular, has to score down in the paint when she's got 1v1. And then we've got to be more shot ready. You know, I think we're still kind of probing a little bit too much. So, you know, we've got to make shots. I liked a lot of the ones that we took, and that's kind of our job is to put them in a position where the, they take the right shots, the right guys. Um, and then, as I always say, you win games, the team that makes the least mistakes and the team that makes the most plays. Uh, and so we're 0 for 2 in the last two games of that. That phrase, you use it sometimes, shot ready. For those that may not know, what does that mean? Oh, hands and feet behind the ball. You're talking to someone who 
I, I played college basketball with two ideas, shoot till you're hot. And when you're hot, you just keep shooting. Keep shooting. So hands and feet behind the ball. I mean, I told him I, I used to walk around the class like this, always ready to shoot. So we just got to keep having hands and feet ready on the perimeter. That's Courtney Banghart there. Tar Heels take on Duke Saturday at 2. We've got that one for you on 97.9 The Hill as well, starting with pregame coverage at 1.30. Quickly in conference news, the ACC may be expanding its geographic footprint, but it's not given up its North Carolina roots just yet. Yesterday, ACC officials announced the future sites for various conference tournaments over the next five years, including men's and women's basketball, both of which will alternate between Charlotte and Greensboro. Women's tourney will stay in North Carolina at least through 2020. 27. The men's tournament will stay here at least through 2029. This year's men's tournament, though, is in D.C. In hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes got a win last night, 5-2 over the Avalanche. Canes' homestand continues tomorrow night when they take on the Devils at 7. And finally, back in Chapel Hill, congrats to UNC track and field star Parker Wolf, just named to the watch list for the Bowerman Award, which goes to the best track and field athlete in the nation.